Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And what an exciting day, Marjorie, because we're going to have a guest today who um, we grew up in the same nest. I mean, we're from the same little nest. My sister is on the podcast today. How exciting is this? Well, you have been talking about your sister's for I've known you for what 11 or 12 years and we did determine that we've met once but briefly but it's so fun to be able to have an extended chat with her today it's really exciting because she's got this new venture that um I think is so exciting and initially I wasn't really thinking about her new venture as a topic for best to the nest but then the more we started talking about it and the more interest that other people have shown in what she's doing I thought this is a perfect conversation to have it with uh, on Best to the Nest because it is about that idea of bringing things that have value and meaning uh, into your home and doing it with intention. And uh, she's got a really cool thing going on. So we're going to get to it in a second. But first, I'm going to ask you a question, Marjorie. Jewelry, what does it mean to you? What do you think about this? I don't know. Remember How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when Matthew McConaughey would say, frost yourself? That was the line. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. I am, have always been from a very young age, passionate about vintage jewelry. When I was growing up, I used to go into my mom's, she used to keep all of her jewelry in a drawer and I would just take it out and look at it. And she had some pretty cool pieces back then because she had some of her mother's jewelry. And then she had also gotten quite a few pieces from my grandmother who was from Mexico by way of her family came from Spain. So there was a lot that had been passed down that was very interesting. And so I actually have two pieces that are from both of my grandmothers. One, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before because we were talking about vintage something, but it's a piece that my grandmother, I always called her my grandmother in Mexico. Literally, that's what I call her, my grandmother in Mexico. Um, <laughs> for my first communion, I was raised Catholic. She gave me from her family jewels, a small round gold pendant of Mary, and it has a halo in diamonds. It's quite beautiful. And then Fine. from my other grandmother, my mother gave it to me. It was my favorite piece of my grandmother's because my grandfather had given it to her. And it was so unlike my grandfather. He had such good present taste, but you never would have known it from like how he was. But he gave her, it's a, it's an authentic gold nugget. So it's just a gold nugget dug out of the ground, but in it, it has the most beautiful small diamond sort of in a natural curve of the nugget. It's a beautiful piece. So those two pieces are both in a safety deposit box, not because they're worth a lot of money, just because they just mean the world to me because they're part of that family legacy. That okay. is a long answer to your question, but I am passionate about this topic. 
I'm excited to have a debate about whether or not those should remain in a safety deposit box. Mm -hmm. Put a pin in that because we're going to discuss that in a little bit. My first memory of jewelry is of this um, necklace that my mom had and my sister, I'm sure will corroborate this story. Um, but my dad, my parents didn't have a lot of money when we were growing up. We've talked about that before. Turns out being a Lutheran minister isn't super lucrative, but you know, what else? <laughs> um, so they, my dad though, would buy my mom a gold, a little gold bead for like oh. every, I don't know, like holiday. I mean, just, just like oh, one I little tiny that. gold bead. And then she would add it to a chain and she had like, it was like a kind of a longer chain. Cause it was like in the eighties. So it wasn't super high. I remember it was like a little long, but what was fun about it is that he started doing that, I, I think, I don't know, like right when they got married. Yeah. And when she would hold us, me and my sisters, I'm the oldest of three, we would take the chain and we would chew on the beads. And oh. so the beads have our tooth marks in them because, or like our gum marks, really, because the gold, of course, like those thin gold beads are so soft right. and malleable that they would take on the shape of our teeth. And it turned into like our mom's most prized possession. And I think she would say that of all of her, she loves jewelry. She's a Texan. She's like jewelry nuts, but that, that, that is, is probably so one of those weird. meaningful things. I know. Weird and cool at the same time. I know it is cool. Um, so anyway, when it comes to, I think being influenced by that idea of our mothers, our grandmothers, by things that are in our family, like there's just sort of this kind of mysticism about jewelry and particularly when it's vintage. And so my youngest sister, Jenny, she'll tell the story, but she married into a family um, that has worked with precious metals for over a hundred years. And she has recently launched um, a business called the Emerald Carrot and the Emerald Carrot, carrot being spelled K-A-R-A-T. How fun is that? Uh, she has an Instagram account. She curates a collection of vintage jewels and then she posts them and then people buy them and they are selling like hotcakes. Like if I am not quick enough on the draw to send a DM and say that I want something, I lose an item to somebody else because people are just absolutely loving it. And I was so excited uh, to talk to Jenny. We, I did a little, was that a pop-up that she did? Um, and this is taking off. And so we want to welcome my sister, Jenny Hershey, formerly Jenny Reese, Jennifer Mary, Jinjin, as we call her <laughs> in our house. Oh, Jinjins are my favorite candy. Jinjin, Jin welcome constantly. To, best to the nest. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Jinjin. Hello. I'm We're so, so excited. happy to be here. This I have to great. tell you this first off, is the business that you have started is one that I have wanted to start pretty much my whole adult life. So at some point, I may be in there yes, next to you. Can. Adjacent, you be my, do business yes. adjacent, um, because I think this is brilliant, and I love any any company that finds a way to reuse mm -hmm. and have people reinvest in things that matter. And one of the biggest heartbreaks for me is how much vintage jewelry is actually being melted down, it's and tragic. that breaks my heart. It's it is tragic. That's exactly how this whole thing came to life is just me seeing all of this incredible work that has been put in, you know, all this jewelry that's been handcrafted. And it was literally going into a flame to be melted to reuse for, you know, different products and dental teeth and wires and things for engineering and stuff that we still need, of course, but 
so many pieces that don't um, deserve that life. They need another life to live on and be worn. I jumped ahead. Jump two steps back. Jump back. Yeah. How did you start the company? So Elizabeth alluded to the fact that you married into a family that works in metals. So a little bit about that and then how the business started. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just like Elizabeth said, the Emerald Carrot, it's an Instagram and um, some pop-ups. We're working on a few more pop-ups here and there in the Twin Cities and possibly Chicago looking at, um, but solely, mostly solely based on Instagram and reselling vintage, antique, estate, um, precious metals, jewelry from all eras. So I have things, you know, Victorian era, super old 1800s up to 80s, up to more current modern, you know, art deco stuff. Too. So, and it, it's anything from nine and 10 carat up to 24 carat, and then can have with or without gemstones, um, diamonds. So things like that. I mean, it's, you see pieces from all different sorts of styles and, and, um, weights of carrot and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so going back to how it started. So my husband has, and his family have been in the precious metals refinery industry for many years. So, um, in fact, my husband runs a refinery in the Twin Cities here in St. Paul, and it got its start in 1899. So, and we've actually been in the same building um, since 1911, or the refinery has been in the same building, right right by the Allianz Soccer Stadium, if you know where that is, um, since 1911. So, um, it, we've been doing this a long time, but the bread and butter of the business, this business, that business was always dental gold. So they were simply making products or making gold, um, for teeth. And over time, jewelry was starting to trickle in. People were selling it as, um, they didn't use it anymore and they wanted the cash for it. They would take that jewelry and melt it down to make the dental gold. So that's been happening since 1899. I mean, there's been jewelry walking in these doors since 1899. Um, Since I met my husband about 10 years ago, I came in and started seeing all of these things that were going in and just going right back into the shop, to the refinery, to the flames, and thought, we need to save these. Like There's some some absolutely, you know, gorgeous pieces here that cannot, cannot go to the melt. And we have other ways of getting in gold that can be melted. So it wasn't, you know, it was, it was fine to be, yes, there's no shortage. So there was plenty of stuff coming in that we could use for the, you know, the manufacturing side. Um, So that's how it started. So I've been, I mean, I've, I'm honestly been saving things and setting things aside for 10 years now. Um, And my sister, Elizabeth can, you know, she's been on me and my, my mom, another sister, like you have to start a business. And Honestly, the holdup was naming it. It was naming the business. I just, it was like something was stuck. I couldn't get there. And we were in Texas last year and my sister, Elizabeth, you know how she can tell you what to do. (laughs) She can be bossy. I'm the baby. So she can be bossy. (laughs) Jenny, we will talk. I am the baby with three older sisters. Oh my goodness. But please proceed. We need to have wine sometime. Yes, lots Um, of it. But so she said, we're naming this business this weekend right now. We were there for my cousin's, our cousin's wedding. And, <laughs> and we, we did it. We came up, I, I don't know how, but we did. And the Emerald oh. Carrot came to life last fall and I launched it in December. So it's only been, it's very baby stage. It's just been a few months. Um, but like Elizabeth said, I've just started posting on Instagram and people are going crazy for the things that I'm saving. And it's been so much fun. So I just, I'm digging and rummaging and looking for things all day long. And then 
snapping pictures and finding new homes for all of this awesome stuff. What I think is really cool is that um, you're finding things that are even like engraved that were given to oh, someone else, you know, like, and you yes. always note this on the Instagram. So I know that you're really looking at it with, um, with such a critical eye and, and let me back up too before I get to a question for Jenny is that, so a lot of me pushing her is because I knew this was a great idea. I love her. I knew she'd be great at it, but Jenny has an eye that other people don't have. So like, I knew that this gift was there that not everybody could look. I can't, I mean, I can't look at a pile of jewelry and find the great things like she can. So Jenny, number one has the eye and Jenny, I would post pictures with Jenny and I would have my followers would reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, where did your sister get that necklace? Because Jenny has like in one in particular that people rave about, you know, Jenny is this butterfly necklace. And that was a brooch, right? That you had turned into a necklace. Yep. So that, that is a really good starting point to the emerald carrot too, of when I really started saving more and more because of the butterfly, it was a brooch um, and brooches just don't get worn anymore. Very, very, very few people wear them, but they have so many, such beautiful detail. And you can just tell the hand craftsmanship with brooches, especially. And and because they're not worn anymore, almost all of them are vintage and antique. So you know that they had such a cool life before they've come to us. Um, so the, the butterfly in particular, it's about, um, well, you can't see my hands on the podcast, but it's about... <laughs> an inch and a half by an inch and a half. So it's pretty significant size of a pendant of which I converted into a pendant. And every time I wear it, people are always stopped by it. And actually I gave birth to both my kids wearing it. And so my pictures of me with my newborn baby, I have it right there by them. And it's just like, it's a very special piece to me. I'm actually wearing it today, but um, it's things like that, that you just, you can't walk into a J crew or a target or wherever you might be finding, you know, some fashion jewelry, which is fun to, you know, for whoever and, and for the right reasons, but, um, you just can't find pieces like these vintage and antique ones that I'm curating in an everyday store anymore. I mean, and I think that's part of the fun too, is there's so much that's mass produced. I don't, it's been a long time since I've even gone into a department store. I just, it doesn't interest me because it's everywhere. Right. I think I feel that way about about jewelry as well is, is if I'm going to wear it, I want it to be mine. I want it to be something that is so distinct. And your point about brooches, I have quite a few. um, (gasps) And, and I have collected them over the years for exactly that reason. They tend to be really beautifully crafted, Mm -hmm. really unique. And I think repurposing them, I just was watching a runway show the other day. And on the, on the runway models, they were wearing the brooches on the back as a closure very cool and it was so so beautiful and so creative but I like the idea help people understand so if you're going to repurpose a piece did you just go to your local jeweler how did you do that yes I did exactly I um in in the Twin Cities if anyone is looking I have a few um jewelers that I work with from one in St. Louis Park one in Mendota one in St. Paul so they're kind of scattered around um and they are phenomenal and you can i I will share their name to, you know, to anybody. Um, But I just brought the pieces in and asked and showed exactly how I wanted the conversion to be on the brooch. And um, my bench jeweler did it exactly how I wanted it. So it's super easy and it's affordable. And then it's um, a way that you can rewear the piece because, you know, like you said, you have a box full of brooches that you're not wearing, but 
you could convert a couple of them and see if right. then you, you know, start wearing them in that way. I generally okay, so- don't wear a lot. Jenny, you just need to know I'm sort of a hoarder. Right. So I just, it's like, it's like in a pile. And then yeah, I, I feel open that up the, I, I open up that. the drawer. I literally still do what I used to do with my mother's jewelry. I have a lot and I just go and it's like, it's like little girl playtime. And I go in and I open up all my pieces and then I look at them and then and I pull them, them back, all back up. up and put it back in the drawer. It's, you need to start wearing them. Mark. Yes. It's this is going to bring us. This brings us to our next point. And I do think this is really important because Marjorie brought this up at the very beginning where she talked about her most meaningful pieces and that she yes. has them in a safety deposit box mm-hmm. far away from her. Okay. So yes. now I don't want to pass judgment on that. Um, oh, pass judgment. On that way to go, but whatever. We're friends. This is fine. I'm going to make the argument, and I think Jenny is probably going to make the argument, that the things that you love, the things that bring you joy, the things that connect you to the people who came before us and who were important to us and their stories and their essence, I think that those things should be worn and on your person. It's like the idea of like saving beautiful China for only a special occasion. And then all of a sudden 50 years go by and you realize that you've never taken it out of the case. Jenny, help people, you know, what, what's your, what she's saying is help Marjorie, help Marjorie for the love of God, help her, help her. She needs so much help, help but, but give us your perspective on wearing special things versus just feeling like they need to be put away and everything needs to be so safe. I, I with you, Elizabeth, like, wearing, 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 giving them the the life that they deserve and letting people see your accessories and then being able to tell the story about them. So, I mean, like the butterfly example is I get to wear that butterfly and so many people ask about it. And then I can tell the story of, you know, was someone's a hundred years ago, probably. And who knows where they wore it to fabulous places or, you know, their everyday coat or whatever. Um, And now I'm wearing it with my kids and there's just, there's something about being able to show what you love and have people admire and ask and, and you be able to share more about your, what, you know, what you have and what you love. I a hundred percent agree with that, except for those two pieces. Okay. A hundred percent. Those two pieces are staying locked up. But then they sit there and you don't even see them. Yeah. I mean, you've got to at least see them sometimes, Marjorie. Like, where's the, how far is the safety deposit box? We need to go like six minutes to your over. (laughs) I can play with them and then I put them back in. But to your point, I I do 100% agree with you. And I think that's what makes, that's what makes uh, vintage jewelry in particular fun is because it's fun to share the stories. I was telling Elizabeth last week that what I am obsessed with are charm bracelets. Mm, And so I have several um, really beautiful vintage charm bracelets that are, I mean, to me, it's the essence of vintage jewelry because a person's whole life and a couple of them are sterling. I have one that's gold, but it's, um, if you only like, if you look at the charm bracelets and make sure that they're sterling, it usually means that the charms are more beautifully made and more care is taken in the charms. But on top of that, if you if you find one like at a flea market or an antique mall or something like that, usually they're packed because it represents a person's whole life. No, so many cool charms, and exactly exactly like Marjorie said, you can tell someone's whole life story. I actually, just um, found a bracelet recently, and it had. Um, a few, quite a few big, like large round disc charms. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them had 
an engraving of their first house. So it was a sketch oh. engraved of the of the couple's first house. And on the back, the hus- it was all gifts from a husband to a wife. And he wrote our first house in, I think it was, was somewhere in Illinois, something Heights, Illinois. And it was like 1957. Oh. And then there was another charm within it was an engine turned um, circle disc and it had a bright purple amethyst in the middle. Oh. And on the back, he wrote your favorite color. And it's just, I mean, it's things like that, that you just, you can't find if you're going into, you know, your corporate chain owned jeweler store, you just, you can't find things like that. Right. And just to be able to hold on to that. um, And it might be someone else's favorite color, the purple, and then it's, it's their, it's their new purple charm to hang on to. So there's just, there's really cool, cool things to come across like that. Um, Actually, I have to share too, one thing that I found yesterday was um 14 karat gold opera glasses <gasps> so they were um full I'll have to I'll send it to you all later but it's um full like eyeglasses that pop out of the case and it was all fully 14 karat gold and then <laughs> someone would wear them at the opera I mean just think of what those glasses have seen it's just you can't you can only imagine it's just so cool and consider that one sold Ah, <laughs> there we go. Marjorie, um, because I husband loves the opera. If, if if you do end up selling that one, um, yes, my mother loved the opera. My oh. husband loves the opera, and when she passed, we made sure that that's what was playing for her when she oh, died. Oh my gosh! Um, because that's all she listened to, like the last three weeks of her life. I would just make sure that opera was always playing. Oh. So that's so special. It's yeah. so just, special. And I didn't it's tell so you that story what? to reserve them. If you're selling them, I am interested. <laughs> but I, I, I'm not like pulling. I'm not like pulling any strings or trying to go for the emotion. No. But that's. Um, but no, I absolutely but that, think you should use that though because um, her pieces go fast, and so you've got to find some way to like get in there quick. And if it involves like a tear, it might put Penny, you ahead I'm of crying. someone else. So I actually think that's a really useful strategy because I have DM'd her about things that have already sold. I actually just purchased from you um, this beautiful, uh, it's a gold heart. I'm like very into hearts. It's a, it's a heart that's in gold. And then it has like this pale blue stone on it. Remind me of the name of the stone. It starts with an L. Yep. A Larimer. And um, someone DM'd me on Instagram and said, I wanted that one too. And then you got it first. (laughs) But so many people after you posted, they were like, what? The heart's gone. I'm like, the heart's gone. <laughs> I hate to this be the must one be to so you. much fun though. And what I love about your story is it's also, when we think about starting a business, it seems so overwhelming. And I think you talking about like, oh, I just, I wasn't going to start it until I had the right name. And mm-hmm. I, I, I so get that. And I think for a lot of women in particular, having your own business when you have children is kind of like a dream. And so I'm not sure if this is what you do full time or if it's like a sideline or whatever it is, but I think it is inspirational even to me, the idea of you just started it Mm -hmm. and it's working and it's fun and it feels mission-based. And I think that opportunity, that's the beauty of and you know that's the beauty of the internet now is that right you don't have to have a brick and mortar. You don't have to have a huge um, infrastructure to start something that's meaningful to you. And I think that's right. really inspiring. Exactly. And there's so many vintage real resellers, jewelry, mm. jewelry resellers, even on Instagram. And it's so fun. We've kind of all, um, I've been kind of 
creating a little community with other sellers and, oh, you know, finding if someone's looking for, I, I have a friend that was looking for a horse charm for her daughter who's very into riding horses right now. And she messaged me and said, do you have a horse charm? I would love to find one. I didn't have one at the, I don't have one currently, but then another jeweler that, um, a reseller that I am, have become friends with over Instagram, <laughs> she posted one. And so I sent, sent it quickly to my friend and said, um, she has, my friend has a horse go, you know, hop over oh, there and great. get it. So, yeah. So, and it's so cool. I'm finding a lot of, um, and a lot of women that are doing this, this business too, and have children and, you know, we're hopping on whenever we can and in between meals and diapers and who knows what, but, um, but making it work because we all have, you know, such a, such a passion for, for jewelry and vintage yeah. jewelry, especially to, right. you know, I've been so amazed with, um, you know, what I've, what I've really realized too, though, is how you can get the real thing for not that much more expensive right. than the fake thing. That is, that is something that I think Huge. we're not really talking enough about in terms of the jewelry industry. And I, you know, cause I've been, I was in Austin and I was at, I'm not going to name it cause it's, it's, they do have fun stuff, but it was, it's a jewelry shop. It's a chain based in California. They've got a lot, a lot of locations. And I was just like looking at these little I mean, they were not real gold or they were like gold plated charms on a necklace and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is literally the same price. Like the markup on this is the same price right. as mm -hmm. me getting something through Jenny. And I've learned the pricing through Jenny of what she's posting. And I do think there is, you know, when we think about best of the nest, we talk a lot about intentionally bringing things into your home. We talk a lot about purchasing fewer, better things. I mean, to us, that is part of the definition of best to the nest. And, um, and you can buy something that's actually an asset that right. is, that was always investment. worth something that always will be worth something, or you can buy stuff that's just simply not because yeah. fun costume jewelry just isn't going to be worth anything. No, it's, it's such a good point. Um, you know, gold, like gold price in the eighties, covered around $300 an ounce. So if you bought something, then you would, you know, you paid when it was the value was around $300 an ounce today, the gold market, I think is 1835. So $1,835 an ounce. So you think of it in that way is an investment. So you're buying, you know, you're buying a piece and it could, the piece could only cost $150, but it's, it's true gold it's 14 carat 20 you know 18 carat whatever it is it's you know from the 80s to now that's six times it's worth that's six amazing. times what it was yeah. yeah so if you think of if you think of it in that way too you know if you were to go to one of those other stores that sell manufactured made things that are not real gold and they're going to charge 150 dollars for the same thing you know a piece or a piece of jewelry not the same thing but right that that is actually worth one penny. You know, you, if you're going to resell it somewhere, it's worth nothing. So like, you know, bring, bringing it into a place like my husband's refinery, we wouldn't be able to pay you anything for it. But if you came in with the same a 14 carat $150 necklace, we could pay you for it. So there's just, you know, it's things to look at like that. So, you know, jewelry obviously is an investment and you can't, people, you know, can't be buying a brand new piece of jewelry every single day, but the things that really you really really love and things that you find that you just feel like you can't live without that's a way to not feel as bad about it because it is an investment you know it's it's like wearing your bitcoin 
it's wearing yeah. a little, you know, your stocks that your stocks that you would invest in, you know, through your Charles Schwab account, you can actually wear them and love them. So, yeah. well, and I think that too, I, I do believe, and I've spent a lot of time looking at vintage jewelry. I mean, I, I, I've spent a lot of time in shops. I, whenever I go, whenever I travel, I usually buy a piece in whatever country that I'm in. Yeah. Um, you know, so I have a, a really beautiful piece from when we were in Puerto Rico and it's just a really great way, one, to remember where I've been. Um, and it's something that I'll have forever. Like these, mm-hmm. they're, they're not, they're not tchotchkes. They're not like little right. things that it's like, oh, here it is. Oh, wasn't that fun. They're pieces. And generally those pieces I, I do wear quite a bit, but there's also something about when and Elizabeth knows this about me and about my family is there's something about reusing something that was made with great intention. Yeah. I I do believe that things have a sort of karma that, that they can have a good feeling. I mean, I have, and this is going to make me sound very woo woo, but I have picked up pieces where I just don't don't have the feeling. I, it doesn't feel good to me. And I don't know why. And then there are pieces that I pick up and it feels good. And that's just such a personal thing. It's probably a point of design that sort of I mm-hmm. like or whatever. So I'm not saying like, oh, if I pick up a piece of jewelry, the person that was wearing it was murdered. I'm not feeling that. <laughs> that could be true, though. <laughs> it could, could totally be true. Be true 100%. Be true. They could have, it could have been pried off their cold, dead hand. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> so I do feel that. But I, I think that when you really begin to shop in a different way, then when you when you sort of step away from either fast fashion or fast jewelry or fast things like that, that are just made quickly and without great intention and for and just completely for profit, although most things are made for profit. But yeah. when you step away from that and you really start to shop with intention, and this could be with new things as well, if you're really looking at things that are very well made, that make you feel good. It does change the feeling of your home. Yes. And I think the mm-hmm. same is true of clothing and of jewelry, that when you know that the things that you're wearing are well-made, I'm a very tactile person. So fabric has to be well-made. I It has to be soft. It has to feel good. The stitching has to be right. I mean, I'm very particular about what feels good on my body. And mm-hmm. I think the same is true for jewelry. It 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 matters. It matters to how you feel when you put yourself out in the world. Right. Now, luckily, I'm older and mostly I don't go out in the world anymore. So I can wear really <laughs> nicely made pajamas, but oh, those true. matter. I mean, it's like, and I think once you start to really think about how you shop, it makes shopping way more interesting. Um, and I also like the idea of connection, that you are connecting to other women in the business and the women that are shopping from you. That also has huge value. It is. Yep. Actually, I don't um one of our one of my customers just purchased the other day and she went through the transaction. You know, she picked a couple pieces, wonderful little pieces. And then at the end of the message, she said, Oh, and by the way, your dad married me and your mom played at our wedding. <laughs> and I was That's- like, What? <laughs> and and then it was then we were able to message back and forth. I and mean, she found me through Elizabeth, through posting um on her channel, which I'm so grateful for. But then oh, we, that's you great. Know, we went back and forth and, and my mom, my dad married me and my mom played at my wedding. So we were able to share that and it was just cool. And um, there's, there are so many cool connections I've been making through um, just through people and oh, helping them find the right thing that they're looking for. And, yeah. and actually another fun one, someone messaged me um, the other day wanting to pick, pick something up. 
and it had just been claimed by someone else. So I said, oh, I'm so sorry. It just, you know, just got grabbed. And she said, it's okay. She said, these pieces have a way of finding the right owner. And I just thought like, that is exactly what it is. It's like, it's, it went to the right person. And so the next thing that she loves will be hers, but um, it was just a cool thing to hear. I 100% believe that. I believe that's true in real estate too. I've bought and sold a lot of houses and there isn't, I'll see things that I love. I just had my son go look at a place for me and um, there were already multiple offers on it. And I always say to them, you know, there's always another house. There's always another, there's always another something when you're searching. And trust me, everybody, we're not talking about high finance real estate. I buy quirky little tiny properties. This is, I mean, I, I'm not like a real estate developer investor, but I've, we've moved a lot. And so I've owned a lot of different houses and I've never panicked because I believe that too. Like even when a house we were looking at would sell and we needed to find a house, we've always found the house that was just right for us. Yeah. And I think that that with patience and with a good eye, that's true in most things is that things find a way of getting to where they're supposed to be if you remain open to that idea. But mm-hmm. tell me, and you may have already said it, but like, what is what is the what is the the best piece or the most interesting piece you have found in 10 years? Oh, gosh. I mean, well, the butterfly is right. definitely up there, um, right. which I've I've also I did curate a um, collection of brooches that my jeweler is is currently converting. So those will be coming up soon. Um, so everyone can keep an eye out for those. I have some absolutely amazing ones that I just, oh, I can't wait to share. Um, but I would say, yeah, probably that. And then like we talked about the charms, there's just so much with charms that like you mentioned, pe- finding people's travel. I had um, I had a very large Atabee necklace, which reminded me of our, our my mom's that Elizabeth meant to mention too, but, um, and she had placed charms within all of the atabeads and there was quite a bit of damage to the actual chain. So I, I decided to, to take it apart. Um, but each of those charms have been finding their own way, um, to people that I had someone, um, buy one, a couple that were from Paris that people picked up and had special mem- memories of their own from Paris. So there's just cool things like that. You just can't, um, you can't like get that with anything else. It's so cool, Jenny. Well, I think what you're doing too, is you're, I mean, you're helping these pieces find new life and you're also encouraging people to invest in art. And again, making sure that things that you bring into your home, that you're bringing those things in with intention. If they have a story, Mm -hmm. if they have an energy that, that makes you feel good, those are the things that you should bring into your home. And it made me think too about past episodes of this podcast that we've done. You know, when we talked to our friend Anna from the Foundry Home Goods, that was years ago. We need to have Anna back because we talk about bringing things in that are functional and that are beautiful and that bring you joy every day. And how can that apply to so many things in our lives? Laura from Toxie Free, we talk about that with right. her. Um, and that can really, if you kind of go into purchasing with that mentality and that sort of intention, Number one, I think it simplifies the buying process because it just takes so many things off the table. You just don't even mm-hmm. have to wade through the junk because it just takes it all off the table. Yep. And then I think it can make your everyday life feel functional and beautiful. And that is all we want, right? I want it to function. Right. I want it to be beautiful. I want to enjoy it. That's it. Right. And the great thing about vintage jewelry too, is if someday it doesn't bring you joy, yeah, you can move it on to someone else. And there's many people that will buy it and it can still, you know, 
go on. It can't, doesn't have to go in the garbage. It shouldn't. <laughs> I like how gently you said that, that you could yeah. move it on to somebody move else or yes. you could sell it. Right. That's or sell it and get some cash and go buy something else that you really love. Follow Jenny on Instagram. So the Instagram handle is the Emerald Carrot, K-A-R-A-T. Very cute. The Emerald Carrot. And then you can follow her. She posts all sorts of pieces in her stories, oh, in her feed. And then you just got to DM quick if you want to purchase yeah. because, um, you know, unless you've got a real sob story and you can bring that up too. <laughs> How it goes, Marjorie, and then you we'll can... see if the tears worked. We'll see if they worked. <laughs> if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Marjorie Punnett, you got a good one? Yeah, you're going to love this one. She says, Love this podcast. This is from like Free Flowing, I think was the name. Um, I haven't written many reviews in my life on anything, but I felt compelled to leave one for this podcast. I am 43 feel like I'm in the middle of a casual but important conversation with friends when I hear these ladies converse. One of the very few podcasts I can connect with and thoroughly enjoy the topics of discussion as it lets me wind down and also gives me things to think about. My only negative comment would be that the episodes are not long enough and not often enough. I thought that was so sweet. Great job, ladies. Well, thank you so much. We always, we, we appreciate the reviews. We really do. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home.